0: Podcast. We are now midway through February, all of a sudden working our way toward spring ball. Penn State getting back on the field in pads come mid March. Of course, wrapping up that period of the calendar with the blue white game April 15th. We've got a lot to learn between now and then, winter workouts. Now into week two here in Happy Valley, uh, some of those top performers being addressed at lines 247com today on Tuesday, but on this episode of the Lions 24-7 podcast, we focus on the recruiting trail and not many names to do that with in the world better than Steve Wiltfong, who is the recruiting director here at 24-7 Sports, a guy I've had the fortunate pleasure of talking about recruiting with for more than a decade at this point, and we'll bring him on right now. and. Steve, appreciate you. Uh, I know you're just a couple weeks away from from finishing off the 2023 recruiting class with a fantastic signing day show within the 24-7 Sports Network. And 2024 is the headliner right now. And we got a bunch to get through with Penn State. But first and foremost, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Hey, what's up, Tyler? Thanks for having me on. I love Lions 24-7, man, one of the best communities in the 24-7 Sports Network. So always enjoy when I get to write about Penn State and talk about Penn State recruiting.
0: Well, people love when there's a reason for you to write about it, and and there's been several of them of late. We'll talk about them, but let's begin with the final addition to their 2023 recruiting class. Chimdi Ono out of the state of Maryland, a four-star offensive tackle by 24-7 Sports, number 13 in those positional rankings after being committed to Old Dominion, not having a Power 5 opportunity. They get to the finish line with him on board, Steve. He went and visited Ole Miss, Michigan State down the stretch. He's going to be in Happy Valley in a few months. What did you think about their ability to, to get to the finish line with Jim Diono as a signee?
2: Well, he's a guy our analysts really liked, you know, Andrew Ivins, Cooper Patagna, Gabe Brooks, and Chris Singletary ranked him in the top 50 overall, top 15 at his position, six foot five, 270 pounds, very explosive and powerful guy that um, brings some versatility, probably on the offensive front and, That's kind of the theme with this Penn State class. Penn State signing one of the best offensive line classes in the country. It's tops in the Big Ten, top three nationally, in my opinion. And and to add Chimney Ono to to a group that includes Javon Williams and and Alex Birchmeyer and Anthony Donka, I think this is a group that can really solidify Penn State's front for years to come and, and continue to play championship caliber football. I know it's an exciting time at Penn State with what y'all are bringing back this year coming off the season y'all just had and then this is an offensive line group a foundation that you can build around
0: Birchmeyer, uh, for a long time was the top interior offensive line prospect on 24-7 sports assessment. Javen Williams took a little more time, but he worked his way up eventually to five-star status. And then, as you mentioned, Anthony Donka, also one of the three January enrollees. But looking at Javen Williams, because he did land in, in five-star territory with 24-7 sports, what stands out about his prospect profile? He doesn't appear to be a player Penn State's going to need to rely on in year one, but over, overall, looking at the next three, four years of his development, where do you see that?
2: And what a good thing for Penn State, what fortunes to have. But Javen Williams physically is a guy that can come in and help a college football program with the way that he's built, uh, the athleticism that he has, his ability to move, uh, uh, compared to his peers at that position is elite. He's, again, he's another explosive, powerful guy like Chim Diono. And uh, these guys are also smart, high IQ type football players. But, uh, you know, seeing Javon Williams at the All-America Bowl, I thought he was one of the most talented guys down there, regardless of position. Uh, I thought he really flashed his ability at time and practices. And uh, um, he's an exciting pickup for Penn State and a young man that committed early and never wavered on his pledge wants to wants to be at Penn State for all the right reasons and when you get guys like that you you tend to see them hit their potential uh, at, at a place like Penn State and so but just his ability to move he can play all five positions on the offensive front in my opinion and uh, he's tough and he's physical.
0: The winds have switched a bit, Steve, when you talk about how the fans feel about Phil Troutline versus where they were maybe coming into last season. On the field, the play has progressed in a big way for the offensive front. The recruiting success we just discussed. Phil's now in year four here in Happy Valley after coming in from Boston College. Um, Do you think this is a sign of of things to come uh, in terms of what this 2023 class is and can be for for his room? And uh, what do you think about his ability to go out and recruit top-tier talent now that he's been on campus for a bit?
2: Well, I think Phil Troutline, from the moment he's put on the Penn State guard to even beforehand at Boston College, he's a go-getter on the recruiting trail that takes a lot of time to build genuine, meaningful relationships with top targets. Now, you win some, you lose some. Um, And uh, I think that this class in particular, it worked out for Penn State that a lot of these guys are in the sweet spot, right? in-state guys that are very talented or guys from the dmv area that are very talented that's a good recipe for penn state that's where penn state has a lot of success on the recruiting trail so i just think geographically it, it worked out for penn state to also sign an elite line offensive line class in this cycle and so um but it's never a lack of effort with coach trotwine on the trail whether he wins a, a recruiting battle or not i think he goes as hard as any position coach at that position in the country of trying to acquire the top players on his board it's just there's other guys out there trying to recruit too sometimes so you you win some you lose some but i think proximity was in penn state's favor in the 2023 cycle too
0: Outside of the offensive line class, there's a lot of excitement at linebacker, the guys they're bringing in. Uh, Tony Rojas is already off to an impressive start in, in winter conditioning program, and then you've got T- Tamia Robinson coming in from, from the Pittsburgh area. Kavion Keyes joining them a bit later here in the 2023 calendar year. He was a late addition to this class. Um, I guess collectively, what do you think about this group they're bringing in? The, the, they like to pride themselves as LBU at Penn State. Do you see the kind of players who can help cultivate that into the future?
2: Well, it's one of the best linebacker classes in the country and obviously another strength within this program. And you look at a Penn State defense that was, you know, number 17th nationally, number 17th against the run. Uh, uh, They were number two in in pass efficiency defense, number 10 in scoring defense. There is a standard on this side of the ball to be one of the uh, most stout units in the country. And I think when you look at this recruiting class and what they recruited, at linebacker, and in the secondary, there's a lot of athleticism, a lot of guys that can play in space, a lot of versatility. There's guys that can rush the passer from the second level. I think that you have some big physical defensive backs that can come up and play around the line of scrimmage and fill an alley and and, and give that run support that you're going to need against teams like Michigan and Wisconsin to, to continue to compete. Uh, for conference championships year in and year out. So I really like the way that Penn State recruited linebacker and and in the secondary. And, I mean, you look at a guy like Tony Rojas, I think – Georgia Georgia goes out and signs the best linebacker class in the country. He's a take at Georgia. You know what a big recruiting win to keep him. You know from from Fairfax, Virginia to beat the Bulldogs for, for Tony Rojas. You know KB and Keys is is another young man that's uh, brings tremendous size, six foot three, two hundred five pounds, position versatility. Tamir Robinson, he's a guy that I think can be a pass rushing presence uh, uh, for Penn State. Moving forward and then just kind of pivoting to the secondary, you know, King Max, obviously one of the jewels of the class, but I'm telling you right now Dakari Nelson from Selma, Alabama had a special senior season, a guy that's a dominant player on both sides of the ball, a guy that forces turnovers, uh, um, takes the ball away from the other team. And he is a specimen. I mean, he looks like he already plays at Penn State. I got a chance to see him at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. But I just think Dakari Nelson is one of the biggest, most under-the-radar pickups in the Big Ten um, to, to go down into the state of Alabama and and, and and take him out of SEC country. That's the kind of championship-level talent that, that you love to see. But, look, he's a guy that, that – uh, um, just seems to be instinctive and 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 a major playmaker on the defensive side of the ball
0: yeah we're all intrigued to see what dakari nelson can do he'll be here in a few months uh, joining a really impressive He's freshman gonna live up to it i'm telling
2: you, you haven't seen him live at the out Al- he was one of the best players at the alabama mississippi all-star game regardless of position and it's a loaded it was a loaded event
0: you mentioned penn state being able to to get him to signing day with this class all the way from Selma, Alabama. They did it with King Mac at a St. Thomas Aquinas, a top 100 overall prospect in 24, seven sports rankings. And then I'll throw in Elliot Washington who's on campus as an early enrollee, another top 24, seven talent. A guy who was spent time in Alabama's class. We discussed earlier with, with the offensive line class and the linebackers about Penn state doing a lot of damage within its regional footprint here, but, a few of those names I just mentioned, that's going beyond that. That's getting them here despite all the NIL stuff in play, despite all the Southern schools in play. What do those kind of recruiting wins suggest about program trajectory?
2: I'm sorry, Tyler, run that back, brother. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, what what are those kind of wins? Uh, getting a guy like Takari Nelson from Alabama, getting a guy like King Mack from Southern Florida, Elliot Washington uh, from from Florida, who spent time committed to an Alabama program. Uh, what do those long distance victories mean for the trajectory of Penn State and its ability to go out and get talent?
2: Look, Penn State's a program that goes eleven and two this year and wins the Rose Bowl, and that's an exciting year. But that's not this staff's goal. They want to win the Big Ten, and they want to be in the the, they want to win a crystal ball. They want to win the national championship, and so you're looking for players that can help find an extra couple wins on the docket each year. And so, I think that Penn State going out of region and getting guys like King Mack and Dakari Nelson, uh, those are guys that maybe help you find an extra win or two long term um, down the road. But it's it, it, James Franklin's the one that I, I first heard heard say it, and I s- steal it and use it all the time. Recruiting is not who you don't get. It's who you get. So the region, whatever, be damn, You're just trying to recruit guys that have high upside that can help you win championships. And I just think in this class, it worked out that a couple guys that they went out of their footprint for are really talented players that just chose Penn State over other opportunities. But, I mean, Penn State's recipe is still going to be Jersey, DMV, Pennsylvania, owning that region of the most championship caliber players coming to Penn state. And then there's some, there's so many good football players out there, but finding the high upside guys and then scheming them up correctly and developing them. Penn state's traditionally had one of the best strength and conditioning programs in college football that shows up on the field in the NFL combine, et cetera. I think they've obviously been very good on defense with the coordinators that they've had. Um, and, And so offensively it's, it's uh trying to find those extra inches you know Uh, um and so i'm excited about their offense we're kind of i'm kind of going off the rails with this (laughs) answer now but i think penn state's got one of the best running back rooms in college football coming back next year which we've seen them have that before uh with barkley and miles sanders and stuff um they, they have a very, very talented quarterback that's going to be a first-year starter, so that's exciting. How quickly is he going to be able to slow the game down? How dominant can Drew Aller be right away? Because there's a lot of expectations coming into the season. Veteran offensive line, right? So you feel good about what you have up, up, up front. I know that they wanted to hit in the portal, get some more difference makers uh, at receiver. So Malik McClain, Dante Cephas, you know, those are some guys that you know they're hoping can can give a boost to, to what they already have on offense, and, offense, and get some more big playability from that position. Also, made a, a coaching change at that position too. So, um, but but I don't, I, I mean, to go in Alabama and Florida this year, big recruiting wins. But um, you know, back back at it in twenty four.
1: We'll be right back on the Lions twenty four seven podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm going to – I mean, there's a few segues that come to mind with that answer, but I'm going to land on J-1 Sider because you talk about wherever he's been needed to recruit for Penn State, seems to do a hell of a job. Uh, plenty of people know about the, the doors he has opened up down in Florida, but you look at what he accomplished on the 2023 trail. A lot of that work done in Virginia, uh, played a huge role spearheading efforts with Birchmeyer, Donka, uh, Rojas, Keys, King Mack, of course, a, a Florida special down there, but guys like Mega Barnwell and then the running backs, London Montgomery, Cameron Wallace – At the end of the day, when the math was all settled at 24-7 sports, J. Wan Sutter came out on top as the Big Ten Recruiter of the Year based on our metrics. And Steve, uh, just your thoughts on one, J. Wan Sutter achieving that, and two, him being in year six in central Pennsylvania. I don't think a lot of people anticipated that kind of an outcome for him when he left Florida.
2: Yeah, well, what a great life he has right now at Penn State coaching on a staff that's among the best in college football for a program that has a chance to win a conference title year in and year out, which puts you in the conversation for much more coming out of the Big Ten. He's recruited a lot of talented players into that running back room. So they've had a lot of success. His son's on the team. I mean, like, what are we what are we talking about here? Like uh James Franklin treats his staff well, like of course he stayed six years and certainly every year there's people that call and 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 try and get a feel for what it might possibly take to to lure him away from from penn state but they got a really good thing going and and having some conversations uh with coach cider over the last several years i know he's very very excited to be at penn state and, and likes the guys that he's working with and likes where the program's at you know and you guys get a chance to talk to him up there you know it's it's uh It's an exciting time to be at Penn State right now, I think, and particularly for the running backs coach, you know, who just got promoted to assistant head coach. Um, But there's, uh, you know, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. That's a hell of a duo.
0: Yeah, that's not one that anyone wants to walk away from. And he ended up edging out Brian Hartline from from Ohio State staff for those top honors. Um, Phil Troutwine also made the top 10. He was ninth. Terry Smith was fifth in 24-7 sports, Big Ten Recruiter of the Year rankings. And Manny Diaz was an addition to the staff last year, obviously with Florida Roots, a guy that we heard pop up a little bit here and there with some head coach searches in December. but certainly seems, barring some major surprise here, he is locked in for year two as Penn State's defensive coordinator. We talked about some of the uh, impact players he's adding on the defensive side of the football, but what has Penn State gotten out of this deal from what you have gathered, Uh, and what has Manny Diaz been able to gain from this experience? Because he's told us he sees himself as the head coach again, and I think that's relatively soon.
2: Well, any time that you lose a longtime coordinator like Brent Pry that you've had so much success with and you're so comfortable with him because you've been with him for so long when you bring in new blood um you never completely know what that's going to gel like even if he's a good coach you know so much of it is culture fit and working well together and it's obvious that penn state was able to at least on paper i'm not behind the scenes have a really good transition it was a really they had a terrific defense this year you know that so I, I think that you feel you're excited that you are able to weather the storm of 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 losing Coach Pride of Virginia Tech with such a with the replacement and, and it went well because sometimes coordinator changes don't go well uh, at, at placers or don't go um, as smooth and and maybe behind the scenes it, you know, who knows what it was behind the scenes. I'm not saying it was or wasn't. I'm just saying from what I saw. Outside looking in, I saw Penn State continue to play high-level defense.
0: And uh, the, the one you know, notable staff change in terms of position coaches was Marcus Higgins coming in a few weeks ago to replace Taylor Stubblefield, who had been here for a few seasons. Um, we got a, a really good review of, of who Higgins is uh, from Jackie uh, Franchuli from the Virginia site uh, back when this hire was announced. But curious what you've heard about Marcus as a recruiter, um, any kind of anecdotal evidence you may have, uh, or just you know talking to some people, how he may carry that over to Penn State after spending, what, 12 years with the Virginia football program,
2: well, I just think it's obvious that Penn State, in my opinion, is looking to become just a little more explosive in that passing game and, and at the wideout position. And so, what they've done in the portal and, and 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 changing coaches at the position, I think it's an area that you know from the outside looking in was defined as, "Hey, we need to con- we need to continue to upgrade here to be the team that we want to be."
0: And, and James Franklin now in year 10, uh, Steve, with Penn State. Um, how would you uh, – we don't see a lot of coaches get to that point with any program. How have you kind of witnessed maybe his evolution as a national recruiter, as a program builder? What stands out to you now that he's got a, a 10 years under his belt of signing recruiting classes with Penn
2: State? Well, we know that he's always been a really good recruiter, and that's one of the things that he is very excited about. is you know he embraces that role as the head coach and is very prominent particularly when guys are on campus of doing a great job of, of of recruiting but he's been one two three four five six seven eight nine he's had nine seasons at penn state four of them he's won 11 ball games how many how many multi 11 game head football coach winners are floating around Uh, in in college football. And and it's been since 2009, since Penn State had last won 11 football games. So uh, uh, four times since 2016, Penn State's won 11 games. They have the one Big Ten championship. You know, they've been in the conversation a couple other times, and, and they've finished in the top 10 four times under James Franklin. So this is a program that has been amongst the most consistent in college football. Certainly there's levels within that top 10. You know, obviously Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson have won multiple national championships. And so they, you know, are they have been on a different level. But, I mean, Penn State is on the short list of successful programs. And, and I think James Franklin's one of the best in college football. Now, obviously, if you read 24-7 sports, you, like, are a diehard fan. So you are like so immersed in what's happening with the program from the off season to spring football to summer conditioning to the actual season that like it can get like you can scrutinize and point to <laughs> little things here and little things there and pro- and be right. But if you just take a step back and just say, Who's been as successful as us? There's not many programs that have been as successful as Penn State during James Franklin's tenure at Penn State. And that's why for a while his name was always coming up in some of the more major job searches in the country because he is so highly thought of. And I do think that he's one of the most respected head coaches in college football for a reason. That's another top 10 season for Penn State. And then you guys are bringing back a heck of a football team that's talented. And I really think that – the way Penn state recruited in 2023 and then in 2020, or excuse me, in 2022 and in 2023, you know, that it's, you know, the best is still yet to come. We'll see what happens though. You got to go out there and and play these games.
0: And if they want to beat down that door into the college football playoff, a lot of people are casting those hopes on the former five-star quarterback, number one quarterback in the 2022 class by our site, Steve and, and Drew Aller. Um, If we could just circle back to what you saw during the evaluation process. We saw him get involved in 10 games as a freshman, get a little bit of a sample size out there, but it's going to be his show come September. What do you think about the traits he has in place, and what can a successful five-star quarterback do for an entire program in terms of being able to go get talent and and build from there?
2: Well, you say, what can a successful five-star quarterback do? Well, we're projecting him to ultimately be a first round draft pick. So anytime you have that kind of caliber under center in college football, it should win you a couple games alone. So, um, and I'm talking about close games. He's the difference in it because he is so talented in making things happen. I mean, just from a pure throwing of the football standpoint, I would imagine that Penn state has one of the best in college football right now. And Drew Aller, he's incredibly talented. Uh, um, There's a lot of proof, On the prep level, that he was very accurate, anticipates he can make throws on the move. I've seen him in camp settings where he's been accurate off platform from different arm angles. So he's incredibly talented, you know. But that's just part of the position. Uh, Now that he's under center, it's going to be on him to get lined up in the right protection every play and uh, get into the right read and and know where to go with the football correctly every time and then be accurate and and precise with uh, after all of that. So you know we'll see how he adjusts to that with it and then you're in doing it in a pressure cooker you know so the mental toughness the ability to prepare you know we'll see but from a talent standpoint he's got everything you're looking for uh, uh from a guy that can extend plays he's big he's strong he can he can make all the throws so it's exciting from that angle so now can uh, Coach Yersich and company get them in the right position? Are they calling the right plays? Is he getting the right protection? Is he knowing where to go with the ball? You know, those are all the things that you know. time will tell.
0: And I, I want to give you a shot to talk about Nick Singleton because he was the number one running back uh, on 24-7 sports for a while and finished that way as the Gatorade Player of the Year. Now he's the Big Ten Freshman of the Year and looking to build off of that, Steve. I know it's always good when, when you can pat yourself on the shoulder when you get one of those right and, and the sight looks great. But what do you think about Singleton what he added to Penn State and generally the star power that he can kind of cultivate right now with the Nittany Lions these next couple of seasons.
2: Well, I'll talk about Singleton and Catron, but I'll start with Singleton. Sure. I mean, Singleton's a guy that Singleton's a guy that can light up the scoreboard anytime he touches the ball and there's just not many of those guys out there. So when you get a guy that can instantly change the dynamic of a game with one touch, those are special football players and Nicholas Singleton's a guy that uh, when he's on the field, you have a chance to score no matter where you have the football. And he can catch the ball. He's a threat between the tackles. He's certainly dangerous on the perimeter. Uh, he's a very talented guy that also has all the intangibles that you're looking for. And then Katron Allen, I saw him play several times for IMG. I went to an IMG practice. I've seen, I saw IMG play live. He runs extremely hard, as you guys know. I mean, he is a violent runner. Between the tackles, that just wears people out. He's got good feet. He has good vision, but he plays extremely hard and he's violent and he's tough and he's physical. He just in high school, he wasn't the prettiest looking guy uh, compared to some of these young men who are ripped up and abbed up and what have you. You know, now Katron Allen, the one thing he had, he has big, thick, strong, sturdy legs. And he is very tough, and we always knew that. And so certainly he has not changed who he is at Penn State. He has come in, and and Penn State had some talented older guys now. It's not like these true freshmen came in and and, uh, um, had nobody in front of them, and it was a clear clear runway. It wasn't. Penn State had good older running backs that just didn't look as good because these freshmen are really good, now sophomores. And so – you know, they come in and, and take reps from guys like Kevon Lee and stuff. You know, I, I think it speaks to how good these guys were at 18 years old. And now they have a full year of nutrition and strength and conditioning at Penn State and understanding the scheme and offense. They got a chance to be even better next year, obviously, and, and beyond. And, and, and what a duo to be there together and and, and take the load off each other. Um, as well. I think when you look at some of these teams that have won the national championship lately, they've had multiple guys that they can count on in the backfield. And Penn state has that.
0: Steve finishing off with 2024 cycle Penn state has two commitments, both inside the state right now, Uh, but they're working off a Rose bowl win. They're working off an 11 win season instead of a seven and six season, which was the case going into the last cycle. Uh, When you look at what they may be able to accomplish with way the programs kind of set up for success How pivotal is it to stack another class here? And what do you think about Penn State's ability to go out and and get a national collection together that that's way up there in the rankings at our site?
2: Well, for them, they're just trying to continue to, recruit guys that helped them get to the goal of the college football playoff and beyond. And, and they have a lot to sell. I mean, they had the most players drafted in the big 10 last year, right? So in addition to the, to the Rose bowl, win, 11 wins, again, uh, four top 10 teams under James Franklin, they've also had as much success in the NFL draft as, as Penn state's had in a long time. And I would imagine they're in the top 12 nationally, if you stacked draft classes, I don't have an official stat on that, but they've had a lot of players drafted under coach Franklin and company too. So there's a lot to sell uh, with Penn state. And as you start getting into lash bash season and recruits getting on campus again, there's, there's a reason why there's a lot of excitement around Penn state football. So as they go and recruit the Quentin Martins of the world and, and, and players like that, Ernest Willers, you know, we'll see, We'll see what happens, but it's not like Penn State's showing up to a gunfight with a knife on the trail right now. They got, you know, they got a lot of lot lot of uh, positive things to sell about their program before you even get into alumni and academics and all of that. If you want to just look at it from a pure football standpoint, Penn State can go toe to toe with damn near anybody.
0: Steve Wolfong, a legend in college football recruiting, because of his reporting, we're happy to have it at twenty four seven Sports. He's the director A legend of because there's not here.
2: many people crazy enough to cover recruiting. So it's <laughs> that's also true, especially of, the way you do. Very short list of people out there, but a lot of a lot of really, really good reporters in this space.
0: That's right. Hey, Steve, really appreciate the time, the insight and all that. We'll follow your coverage at 247sports.com. We'll fall whip around. People need to be paying attention to that. Um, give us just a, a quick where where folks, if they hadn't been familiar with their work for whatever reason, uh, where they can find it on a day to day basis.
2: Uh, well, obviously, starting on 247sports, 247sports.com. We got a lot of programming on the 24 seven sports YouTube page. Whip will whip around is Mondays and Fridays. I'm also regular on the recruiting show, which is Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, um, but you can find those videos at your own convenience on the 24 seven sports YouTube page. And then I try to be on lines two four-seven seven when I can, you know, those guys obviously do a great job of covering the program day to day. Brian Doan is a machine, my colleague out East. And then I, fit in when i get stuff so uh but appreciate you guys happy new year all of that jazz uh i'm actually a big seinfeld larry david guy so me saying happy new year on (laughs) february 14th is very embarrassing but uh with that i'll see y'all around. all
0: right take care hey we'll take a happy new year on valentine's day whenever we can get it from you steve uh take care man we'll talk to you soon all right. Really appreciate Steve Waldfarm for joining us here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Uh, not his first go around here with us. Won't be his final one as well. You can listen to him in the future, uh, but a bunch going on lines 247com this week. We've got uh, commentary and stories on how this Penn State roster is developing now. Some of the young risers of this roster, some of the newer additions, how are they fitting in? And also we've got Penn State basketball, four straight losses trying to avoid a fifth consecutive loss on Tuesday night against Illinois. A coverage of that team, how things are trending, obviously not in a great direction right now, available at lines 247com along with recruiting coverage from Tyler Calveruso. He's got a story up on a new Penn State offer who's quickly planning a trip to campus. For now, stepping aside, we'll be back with another episode of this podcast later in the week. Big thanks to Steve Wolfong, Director of Recruiting at 24-7 Sports. I am Tyler Donahue. We'll talk to you real soon, right now, on the Lions 24-7 podcast.